Hey everybody, it is your host Jason Klom. Thank you for joining me for the season one finale of the Professional Blur podcast with my good friend Laurel Rankin. Uh, it's a very good time. Season two is going to start on June 26th. We've already got a few episodes um, in the can for that one and a few scheduled out already. That'll be a lot of fun. In the interim, you can check out my other shows at StolenDress.com. I think you'll enjoy some of the other things there. Um, and I also did want to uh, point you to my Patreon. If you go to Patreon.com slash StolenDress, there are various uh, tiers that you can subscribe to, especially if you're interested in specific shows that I do. I try and make it ha- happen that way so that you can support the show that you're most interested in. Um, but also we're looking to do a Patreon for this show as well. So you we can do more deep dives, uh, video episodes, things like that. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I believe we're going to be starting that with season two. Um, but we will start some, something in the meantime. You'll be able to catch the episodes before they come out. Um, also, uh, the Of Dice and Dens podcast, which is another show over at the Soul and Dress Podcast Network, started by my best friend Dan Gomeller, um, did a, a tabletop gaming meowathon this last weekend. I played in one of the games. Uh, basically, it was D&D for charity. We raised over $1,500 for Simply Cats, which is a no-kill, no-cage uh, shelter in Boise. That looks like something we're going to be doing regularly. But if you go to OD, odndpodcast.com or twitch.tv slash dgomiller, Dan Gomeller, D-G-O-M-I-L-L-E-R, you can see those there. You can see them at the of Dyson Den's YouTube page. Um, but without further ado, please enjoy the season finale, season one finale of the Professional Blur Podcast with Laurel Rankin. You're listening to the Professional Blur, a podcast hosted by me, Jason Klom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Professional Blur. I am your host, Jason Klom. My guest this week is Laurel Rankin. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks for having me on, Jason. It's really exciting. Um, so tell everybody who you are, what you do, um, and then we'll get into the business end of things. Awesome. I'm Laurel Rankin. I'm a voiceover artist. I also work full time in an office, uh, so I wear many hats. Um, and for quite a while, I did a lot of commercial background work. That was my uh, my source of all my fun time money. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, okay, so you do not have to answer any of the questions I asked that are about money, but is it better money as a, as a commercial background person or no? It is better money. Mm, it see, is definitely better money. All right. See, that's good to know. I mean, also, I'm assuming you're union. Which I am. Is, so that's another, this is a uh, piece. But um, from my understanding, it's commercials are just better, better money, period, mm-hmm. uh, union or non-union. Right, right. That's interesting. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this. This is this does not have to be extra work specific, but I always ask, what was your first time on a set? On any set at all in my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And um, my friends, my, my mom's friend was involved with a, a short film uh, production that needed a bunch of kids to be um, like prairie school children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and i actually got to do some voiceover for it too i got to do some looping on it Love um, it. when i was a little kid it was i mean, probably might have been older than five but six or seven um that was my very first set and it was like the coolest thing i'd ever done i bet have you seen it have you seen the finished I product seen it. yeah okay. um I mean, I didn't end up getting a very big part in it. I didn't have any lines. Like my biggest piece in that ended up being the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was good. It was a well done project. That's pretty great. Did it now? It, so it was a short film. 
did they what did they do where did it end up playing what was it was it just a portfolio piece for this person do you know or was it something that played somewhere that we might you know i i don't know and okay I, at the time when I was a kid, I didn't even know that of was something to ask a question about. Like, I know that the woman who produced it is a filmmaker in New York mm-hmm. who's from my hometown. Um, so I'm sure she shopped it around to festivals and things like that. But sure, sure. Um, as a kid, I didn't ask those very important questions. Yeah, you grew up in or near Gettysburg. Where exactly? Yes. Did, yeah, okay. So I have to assume there's a lot of opportunities to be like a reenactor and all this. This is something that you ever pursued. Uh, I never did. I always thought it sounded terrible because mm-hmm. the primary uh, time frame for doing a lot of, of the reenacting in Gettysburg is mm-hmm. in July. Um, and the outfits are all long sleeves and wool. skirts and wool and Ooh. hats and no. Um, it it never appealed to me. I, I did almost uh, do a Ghosts of Gettysburg tour guide stint. Um, but then I found out I had to buy my own dress and write my own stories. Oh, wow. And they were only going to be pay me, paying me minimum wage. Mm. Uh, and I was like, no, thanks. This is uh no, you're not paying me to write. That's crazy. Hard pass. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. I, I bet that's an entire world that that could be its own podcast, like tour guide and that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm sure. And Ooh. I mean, Gettysburg in particular has like two or three like big ghost tours, just the ghost tours. Uh huh. Yeah, I bet you could do a whole podcast on that. That's that's isn't that a weird bit of side tourism? Hey, a ton of people died here. A shit ton of people died <laughs> a mile away. And so, therefore, there must be ghosts here. So let's go for it. That's crazy to me. Uh huh. Oh yeah. They even have like go out and try to find ghosts things where <laughs> you can't actually enter the battlefield at night. Uh huh. You just get to go near the battlefield <laughs> with a whatever machine they give you and try to sense some uh, spectral presence. <laughs> oh my God! Part of yeah. me is tempted to go just for oh, the say, to say I went. It'll be great. Wow. <laughs> Uh, wow. Uh, okay, well, let's do this. What's your first time as an extra, as an adult then? Unless there's a ton of stuff in between being an adult and that little thing as a little kid. Uh, no, I mean, especially not like, and that thing as a kid, I ended up being kind of background in a, in a weird way. But like, mm-hmm. uh, um, as an adult, it was when I moved here to Los Angeles and I got really lucky. Um, I, my first job out here was a nanny to a commercial producer. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, which is how I got into commercial background work. Um, and she got me on like with a voucher to a Coke commercial that filmed at the Arclight cinemas. So I got to spend 12 hours sitting in the Arclight theaters Mm -hmm. and they gave us popcorn and sodas. And it was like both awesome and Uh really boring. And sure. it was my, my first introduction to, oh, you have to be up at five o'clock in the morning and then sit around for hours and hours and hours and they might not use you. Yeah. And then you can sit in a chair and do the same thing over and over again. My God. But, you know. That's funny. Now, is this, I probably have seen it then. If, if it is one of those things that everybody sees at the beginning of a movie, I'm assuming, right? It sounds like it's one of those like, hey, don't forget to drink a fucking Coke. Look at all these people enjoying themselves. Is it one of those? Or they did it. I'm sure they used it for like AMC movie, like the ads before, but it was on TV. Mm-hmm. It was also on TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw it on TV. Couldn't see myself. Uh-huh. But I even saw an it. arm 
even an arm or a helmet? I might have seen an arm. I think okay. it's more of a, a more of a blur, so mm-hmm. to speak. More sure. Fuzzy. I think that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Was it exciting for you? Did you did you enjoy have, trying to spot yourself? I mean, it sucks being cut out of something, but sure. No, I actually, I really did. I I always found it fun to like kind of like I'm like, oh, that's my commercial. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, there's my pink <laughs> shirt. I knew if I wore pink, I'd be able to spot myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh, smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about, uh, so how long of a day was this shoot? That one was about 12 hours. Wow, for a yeah. fucking commercial. Holy cow. I guess this is are, why. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's why commercial directors end up being movie directors, if only because they've had this opportunity to perfect every little detail. Yep, yep. And wow. I've had time with commercials that really, like, there have been shoots where I showed up and I was there for 45 minutes or an hour mm-hmm. and they still pay you for eight. Sure. And that's great. But then there's a, m- much more often you're there for a really long time, mm-hmm. which right. is, I, that was mind boggling to me too. I'm like, this was a 30 second commercial <laughs> and we were day one of a three day shoot. Wow. So. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any concept of why it was that long? Was there any special crazy shot? Yeah, well, they did a, they had a whole like separate thing. So they basically like for this one, they mm-hmm. filmed us as the audience, but they also had a movie up, but it couldn't be a real movie. It had to be a, so they basically had to 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 make a fake movie to have on the screen while we're drinking coke and eating popcorn at the movie theater. So they shot a whole other thing where they set up this winter wonderland, and it was like a Christmas time. Oh my god! Thing, yeah, like they really get into details for these commercials. Yeah, they do. Holy shit. Yeah, because I mean, the licensing to license something else would cost more than to make their own any movie. Exactly. So, holy crap. Now I want to see that. See, these are the little things, the little meta details <laughs> you want to see. Like, you, you want to, can you please show me this mini short film that you made within right. a commercial? Oh, yeah. my God. Which I would imagine is also longer than the commercial itself, just so they can cut it down and play it in a certain way. Exactly, and they can kind of, like... Fuddle, fuddle is not a word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they can mix it around and see which piece looks the best with the audience combo. Because um, for the most part, they do it like they have to film everything in those three days. And then whatever they get, they've got. Um, you don't want to have to pay to bring everybody back mm-hmm. for commercial, um, for reshoots. So, yeah. That's so funny to me. Uh, have you in the course, so mostly we're talking mostly commercials is what you've done background on, which yes. nobody else has, has come to a, come to me and said, Hey, that's what I did, which I, so I, I love this. So we're going to get different types of experiences, I think, especially like, did you ever run into any celebrities while doing yes. any of these commercials? Ooh, please tell me if you can. I'm trying to think of who was, I filmed a couple of commercials on like on lots uh, I did a Snickers commercial where I got to meet the Black Eyed Peas. They were Amazing. the celebrity. They were in the commercial. Um, so they were on um, one of my sets. Uh, and like, I actually got to like talk to Will I Am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was Matthew McConaughey uh-huh. was, was on one. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Like, I know I didn't mainly, if there were celebrities, we didn't get to interact with sure, them. Of course. <laughs> we were kept very separate. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were more commercials that, but those are the two ones that stand out. I know, like when we were filming on the studio lots, like I saw other people, but like those are the only two I think 
that stand out to me that I was in the commercial with them. Mm -hmm. Got to be in the same film space. Right. In my in my head, uh, commercial shooting feels so much more intimate. It seems like it would be hard to avoid hanging out with these people, but they still they still do their due diligence to make sure you don't hang out, huh? Yeah, well, because well, they have stand-ins sure. for commercials too. So so mainly, like we all get set up and we we run it a bunch of times, and then they bring the important person in, whether they're a big time celebrity or somebody that you're like, oh yeah, I've seen you on a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you don't there is there is not any interacting i i think mm-hmm. that do you ever watch the toyota jan commercials they sound um, that sounds familiar she's they do see like every time they're having a, a sales event mm-hmm. for toyota for the past like five years she's like their flow okay um and she actually is very friendly and chatty and is like made friends with all of us but mm-hmm. that's because we did it was very a very rare thing but there was like 12 of us who were repeat background on this series of commercials for several years. That's interesting. So four times a year, they would bring all of us in. Um, and it was the best. Mm-hmm. What was, <laughs> well, what's that experience like? I was going to ask you compared to other stuff, but your only experience is these. So uh, how, how are you treated in terms of, uh, does it feel like a regular set or is it a little different? Cause it's a smaller shoot. I, I, I can't get a concept of how this feels. It feels like a regular set, like kind of like a movie set, like you're, you're on a movie set, it's just, or a TV set. Um, and I've only done a couple of, of things other than commercials. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that there is a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that reason is that I get treated way better on commercials and I okay. had the option to do commercials because I was connected to this commercial producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely felt more a part of the cast than I did when I was doing background on, on a movie. Um, the couple of times I did that, Mm -hmm. Um, but you're still very much kept separated from everybody else. Right. There's a holding area that's just for the background. That is usually they try to keep it very separate from the principal. Sure. Yeah. Uh, And you only mingle at lunchtime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I will say too, that it's funny, not any, again, not any big time uh, actors, but like some of the principals we met on commercials were like, how do you get to do what you do? Because that's a lot more consistent Uh than me booking a principal role and you can get upgraded. Right, right, right. That's interesting to me because, you know, you always hear these magic stories of people who, and I know a couple of these, but one young lady who is uh, brilliant, very funny, you wouldn't necessarily know her name, but she was in a couple Geico commercials and bought a house off of that she bought a house off of a couple of commercials yeah because if they run like crazy mm-hmm. like and you're upgraded to print if you're if you are principal or yeah. you're upgraded to principal one of the guys like i i never made my full-time living doing it but i met a lot of people from the companies that i worked for that did mm-hmm. yeah like one of the guys he did one home depot commercial was upgraded from background and made seventy five thousand dollars yeah now, now I- that is rare <laughs> It is rare, and I want to kind of give people a little bit of perspective. If you're a per- and I've never had to deal with this, but if you're a person who is committed all of their time, full time to acting, this is not seventy five thousand dollars of necessarily fun money. This is you're not going to work for another eighteen, nineteen, twenty, thirty months, and yeah. you need that money to live and save up. Yes. Hopefully, yeah. that and is why these things that happen. kind of opportunity. That's a once in a lifetime. 
Like also, yeah, yeah, that's, that's huge. And as I found, like as the years progressed and commercial budgets kind of got a little smaller, the opportunities for those upgrades became much more rare. Yeah, that's the impression I've been getting as well. How's yeah. the uh, food on commercials? Typically, food is really good. Yeah, it's really good. Like now, some is better than others. Um, my favorite was for the Toyota commercials. They brought in a company called Humble Pie, mm -hmm. which I mean, it's a good thing I don't work on those sets all the uh -huh. time because I would have gained a thousand pounds. Because I'm usually pretty good about like, okay, I'll just eat a little bit here and there. Sure. Uh, but with Humble Pie, I'm like around the world. I want a piece of everything. Of course. Of course you do. I was talking to our mutual friend, Mitch, and explaining to him that my goal as an extra was if the food was good as it was on many sets, like CSI shows or House, uh, if they had a bagel with locks on the set, I would get what would cost in LA a $30 bagel because I would put so much shit on it that I was yeah. just like, this is going to last me the rest of the day. <laughs> and it's free. It is technically free. Yes, sure, it's cheating. But, you know, that's what you do on a good set when the, when the, when the food is good. A hundred percent. You know? A hundred percent. I feel like that's actually, I, don't, like, I feel like that's part of the pay. Right. That's part of the deal is that you're getting fed. Mm -hmm. And now, I don't know what you're, like, I, I will say that the, the certain sets, the craft services people were less excited about extras coming over than others. Of course, sure. Um, there was definitely, particularly the larger the set, mm -hmm. uh, the more we were told to limit our craft service runs or limit our, you know, so like funny. not for lunch. Everyone could go for lunch, but like for uh -huh. for the other the other stuff, the breakfast. You know, there were definitely times where it's like that's not for you guys. That's, that's so interesting to me. Okay. <sighs> I cannot imagine being in a position because I wouldn't ever turn anybody away. I would be like, of course, fucking eat your free food because I've been there. I've been there making $8 an hour or Absolutely. whatever the fuck it was when I started out. Um, Not fun. No. I mean, fun, but not fun. I love being yeah. on a set. Yeah, no, I, I mean, just, there's, you know. absolutely, it's great, but it is, <clears> like, you, you still, you're, <throat> you're not, even with commercial background, which, like I said, doesn't pay better, it's still not, like, amazing. Sure. And you're not working five days a week. Right. Like, even when I was getting the most work I was getting, I was maybe doing 20 commercials a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not enough to sustain no. anybody in los angeles no 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 you've got you've got to have a day job and yeah. that can be any 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 variety of day job people always assume it's wait waiting uh or bartending there are a million other day jobs i've never done either of those because they scare me um and right now they would not be possible um so right. it would be very very difficult there um Okay, so we've talked about your first extra gig. We talked about meeting celebrities. Um, how about, uh, and this may or may not be the case, but have you had a line in any of these commercials? Have you ever been yeah. bumped up or had a line? I have. I've Ooh. never gotten the sweet $75,000. Sure. Um, but I have gotten uh, a line or two. I've gotten to be a hand model. Uh, what? Once. Yes, but mainly I've just gotten my face in the commercial long enough. I think that my most... My, my biggest actual FaceTime commercial moment was for a Wendy's commercial where I got to be one of the singers. Um, so I actually got to sing the jingle. Oh my God, like, that's great. Yeah, and which so we were not considered principals. We were like special background who got some residuals, mm -hmm. um, but not like the same residuals as the, the main principals. Um, 
Was this yeah. one of the commercials with the uh, the lady cast to play Wendy, real life Wendy? Was it one of those? Yes. Or it, it was. Yes, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I have seen that commercial. I'm yeah. sure it's on YouTube. Now I'm going to have to it, hunt it, it down. At least definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, that was, a, that actually was a really fun day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever shot on location or been like sent to like a distant location for a commercial? Were no. they all local? I think the, the farthest I have gone was to the Ontario airport. Okay. Um, and that was, ended up, I was got it for a period up. piece? Please tell me it was for a period piece. It wasn't for a period piece, but okay. it was like a seventies, I think it was, I think it was Southwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like a seventies, um, like era thing. So I got all dressed up in a seventies era, um, stewardess outfit mm-hmm. and then walked up into a black box. Uh-huh. Uh, and then got heat stroke. Oh, fun. Yeah. It was super great. Super That's great. uh wow. So wait, was, so the commercial itself wasn't a period piece, but the part you were in was, was, uh, it was all that as if it was in the seventies, like everybody. Was okay. To, but it wasn't like period piece, like, like old westerns. Well, or, sure. I, yeah. I I consider anything mildly older than I am a period piece. So, um, that's amazing. Yeah, because that commer- that that airport is always used for the fifties, the sixties, the seventies because it's still it's looks got like that it's got yeah. that one place that still looks like that one <laughs> wing of it that looks like it's the sixties. I'm yeah. pretty sure I shot like two cold cases there, totally oh, separate really? episodes. Yeah, um, and it's a pain in the ass far away. And I bet heat stroke wasn't fun. Wait, how, heat stroke? How were you not protected from the sun? What was going on? Well, so we were like the background. We were just the shot was us entering the plane mm-hmm. like, from behind. Um, and I, as the stewardess, like that was, I got that role, uh, which was not an upgrade. It was just, I got to, I got stuffed into the costume. I had to go first and we were walking up this enclosed metal container thing, stair mm-hmm. container thing that looked like it was, you were getting onto the plane. Um, and so I had to walk up and be in the top of that. And it was about, 90 something degrees outside and after an hour and a half of us doing that um and me being stuck in the top of that black box for like 10 minutes at a time Mm -mm. multiple times uh i came down after the last time and someone's like you don't look so good i'm like i don't feel so good Mm. (laughs) and they were they were very like they brought me into the air conditioning they got me a banana and then some water and I got to take a break, uh, but I did still have to go back <laughs> oh the stairs again. Of course you did. Woof. <laughs> Can I tell you, like the more I do this podcast, I think I've had the craziest stories. And then I've got people talking about being abandoned. Uh, at, yeah. Wait till you hear Adam Grimes episode. Uh, and then uh, this woof. Oh my God. I mean, I know there's only so many things you can do to prevent certain things, but boy, oh boy, keep an eye out folks. If you're running a commercial or any shoot, watch out for your extras. Yeah. Um, we are people too. Yeah. Oh boy. This is remarkable. Okay. So what are some uh, other ones that, uh, whether I might've seen you on them or not, what, what are some other fun shoots you were on? Let's see. Um, I did one commercial and I cannot remember what it was for, but it was mm-hmm. so much fun because we got these giant bubble things and there were these kids mm-hmm. that were playing around with these bubbles. And like, I, it was only a two hour shoot. And basically we just got to like me and two other adults and these four kids got to go out into this like playground area with giant bubbles and just like run around and like play. 
for two hours and I got paid. I got paid to play. It was amazing. That's fantastic. Um, that was super fun. And I've been in some other ones that were just on like beautiful locations, like where you're just kind of, I mean, it, it's both boring and, and awesome, but like I was <laughs> up somewhere in Malibu, like on a vineyard area and they just kind of set us up and there was this gorgeous view behind us. And we just got to sit there with water and kind of chat for most of the time. And it was just like, okay, that's I can do this. I fantastic. can get paid to do this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the one thing that you don't have to deal with, especially being placed uh, in a commercial like that uh, is that, one of the big things is an extra in, in movies and TV is there's so much concern for uh, characters you have to, you're literally helping their development, but there's no development, technically, you know what I mean? Like if, if I'm there to be yelled at or if I'm there to cross uh, past them and that somehow helps the story, rarely does it, but I'm just saying. There's a, there's a lot of that stuff going on, whereas you, I guess, I guess one of the bonuses is that you're not necessarily de dealing with well-known characters and while they have to tell the story quickly, you're not constantly maybe being placed in positions where it's like, oh, we can't fuck this up. We can't fuck this up. It's probably pretty predetermined where you're going to be, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say yes. Yeah. yeah. Like there's, there isn't, I mean, there's like, hey, we have 45 minutes to get this shot. And if you screw this up, <laughs> you are blackballed from commercials. Like we're going to tell the agency and they are never going to use you again. Mm -hmm. There's that piece of it. But like, wow. I mean, m mainly now I have met some people who could screw it up, but uh. most of us like, <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. I can walk back and forth. Even if I have to hold a heavy pitcher and my <laughs> arm is tired, I can yeah. do that for 45 minutes because it's only 45 minutes. Right. Uh, and yeah, there isn't any kind of story arc or anything like that, that you have to worry about. Um, it's one of the films that I did was Conversations with Other Women. Uh-huh. Aaron Eckhart. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was him uh, and uh, Emma Bottom Carter. Yes. And I was in the, I was one of the wedding guests uh, in the scene and I was placed kind of close to their table. And Aaron has a process mm -hmm. to his character and uh, apparently we were a little too loud for that process. Oh boy. You know, we definitely got like, he just like let loose. <laughs> Cause he was doing these like not vocal warm up things, I guess. <laughs> we just didn't know that they needed to be done in silence for him, <laughs> but apparently they did. Uh, and we were a distraction. <laughs> oh no. And he was like set to like walk off the set because everyone was just being too loud and he mm -hmm. couldn't, couldn't process. I have like, theories oh. about why these things happen, but I don't know if I should put them on on mic. It's fine. It's fine. It involves um, being pretty and then having to deliver on expectations when all you got to do is stand there and look pretty. Like, he'd be right. fine. He doesn't have to try. He's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's really... That is crazy. Have you... Okay, well, to that end, I guess I'm glad I didn't do commercials when I was younger because I have fucked up a shot on numerous occasions. Uh, speaking of like, I did have to be a waiter, waiter once, and I do not have any waiter experience. And I yeah. swear to God, this is not my fault. It's me. I, it's probably an episode of cold case. Cause that's mostly <laughs> what I was on, uh, carrying a tray. There's martini glasses on it. I'm a little nervous about it. Glenn Headley is up, up front. Glenn Headley, great actress. 
I'm yeah. walking by. She's reading her line. I'm walking. I'm I've, I'm 50 feet away. And all of a sudden, I swear to you, all of a sudden, a martini glass just breaks. I didn't dr drop the tray until the martini glass broke. So I hear a crinkle cl crash and smash. And then Glenn Headley looks at me and she's, and you know, with her eyes is like, what the fuck did you just do to this scene? And I'm like, I didn't, I swear to God, it just collapsed. And, um, oh God, that's awful. Uh huh. That uh -huh. feeling that happens and you're just like, no, uh -huh. no, 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 no. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, but I've still been called back numerous times and they still call me back. So I guess Central doesn't have the same standards as a uh, commercial agency might. Um, uh, I will tell you, funny. if you're doing commercial background, mm -hmm. the, the only, honestly, the, the biggest no-no, most things, unless, you know, pissing off a celebrity, whatever, sure. that's, you can't help that. But like most things, they're like, it's, it's fine. The only thing that they really, really get pissy about is people trying to get the upgrade trying to get their face in the commercial mm -hmm. and that will that will that will be it like mm -hmm. if they if like and it doesn't have to be the production company that notices the, if the wrangler from your casting company notices you doing anything to try to that's it wow they're like they're like no that's our job is to be background obviously yes getting an upgrade is, is an amazing awesome thing that we sure. all want uh, but if you try to put your face, if you try to position yourself, they see you trying to like, like edge a little bit to the right when you walk. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I <laughs> explains furthermore why Central doesn't do uh the same thing whoever you worked with that because um <laughs> holy shit i mean that that's all it ever seems to be even though on the stuff i worked on the likelihood it's the way you're talking about it though does sound like it's more likely statistically that you might get an upgrade of some kind sure. than on a movie or, or a tv set and that's interesting to me why i wonder why that is do you have uh, theories thoughts um, I, I think it's because it's much, often it's a lot tighter shots um, and mm. they're trying to make, because they only have 30 seconds uh, to, to or sometimes only 15, to kind of get the feel. And usually for products, they want that feel to be that you're like, mostly you're in this big, exciting environment, like where everybody's like walking around and doing things and ever like sure. so there's a lot more of that, like passing through and around kind of stuff because they're trying you know, it's a lot of times they're trying to show that their product is popular mm -hmm. um, whereas a tv show or a movie they just they have more time to get a little bit of a sense of of the people and i also think that there's different rules around what gets you the upgrade on a commercial versus uh, a tv show mm -hmm. or a movie because i uh, on a commercial it really i think it's like your face has to be visible for like a second mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would imagine on a on a TV show or movie, you have to have a, a lot more. Right, right. That's interesting. But uh, I, I, again, I wouldn't even have thought that it came down to screen time, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, so yeah, in a fifteen second commercial, if you get a second of FaceTime, you've scored you know one fifteenth of the whole. Right. Shebang. Right, and so arguably you are one fifteenth of the effectiveness of said commercial, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's so funny. This is a weird fucking business. It's a very weird business. It's Holy shit! Strange. When's the last time? Do you still do it sometimes? It's been a while since I've done it. I I continued to do um, the Toyota commercials mm -hmm. after I kind of stopped being a, a 
that being something I did on the regular mm-hmm. um, because those were super lucrative and it was, you know, a repeat crew. So it felt more of like a family kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but that kind of stopped about two years ago. So it's been like two years since I've done any background. That's interesting. The only reason I, I would think I would I would get any more work at this point would be if um, my, she's now my friend, commercial producer, she doesn't do as many commercials anymore, but if she found, if she was working on something she thought I would, would want to be involved in, mm-hmm. um, she might ask me, but otherwise I don't think the the agencies I worked for have me in their top slots anymore. Gotcha. Do you remember the song you had to sing for the Wendy's commercial? Uh, bacon portobello mouth. That's cheese. Yeah, something along those lines. Uh, so Wendy's bacon portobello, cheese and portobello melt. That's, uh, yeah, I can't remember it. Can't remember it. That's all right. I'm gonna, I mean, now I know that it's the cheese and portobello melt commercial. Yeah, it was, a, it was like a, it was one of their like seasonal bacon mushroom melt things. That is funny. Is there, wait, is this it? This might be it. I'll look it up later. I'll look it up later. Because <laughs> I, 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 I love this shit. I, I don't know. I love what I can see and, and hear my friends and stuff, especially if it's something I didn't know they were involved. I mean, is this something that comes up that often? Do you get to talk about your commercial work ever? Not, I mean, not in a long time. When I yeah. was doing it regularly, I, I would, because every time I would see myself, I would like be like, ah, that's me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got to, there was the one I was just like the back of my shirt, like, but it was in a um, it was in a Super Bowl commercial, and like you could, kind, you could tell it was me. Like mm-hmm. you could see the side of my face, like you couldn't. But like that was one where like where I had friends from back home be like, "Oh my god, were you just in hmm. a Super Bowl commercial?" I'm like, "Yes, I was." Love it. it Isn't it crazy that people can spot you though that fast? Isn't that nuts? Like that. It's crazy. It's weird how people can know you just well enough. They're like, "Did I just see you?" Now, to be fair, like, and I so and I think commercials, it's much more likely. Um, cause I don't think of, I maybe I've gotten that once or twice, but not like a commercial is different. Cause like literally the entire country just saw you. Yeah. It was so cool. It's like, That's hey, so great. it wasn't that Super Bowl commercial. Right? I love it. I can't imagine, honest to God, I cannot imagine be, oh my God, I've forgotten her name, but Flo, uh, what's her real name? Yes. My God. I, She's ooh. a brilliant improviser. She's, so, She's so, so fucking funny. I've seen her on stage. Either way. I don't know. She obviously doesn't walk around made up that way and dressed that way, so maybe she gets away with it. But I recognized her the first time I saw her in person, and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, and I, I don't know why. She she's someone who gets recognized at this point. She's got to be a ton. Yeah. She's she also, I feel like she's she's beat the odds in terms of like commercial spokesperson too. Not to like ruin it for her, but for sure, come on, like that's amazing. Sure. Doing it she this long, millions. Oh yeah. There's no doubt in my mind, Millions. which is why she can get up every week and just perform like she doesn't give a fuck at the Groundlings. Like, can you, I, ima- I mean, yeah, sure. I'll be in a Groundlings team. What the fuck? I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like, great. That's, uh, I've made my dollars and if I invested them well, mm-hmm. I don't have to make any dollars for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't that be nice, Jason? Yeah, that'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> of course, I'd still be podcasting every week. No, that's not true. Well, I, I mean, would. you might. Because I might, but I, I would maybe not do six a week. Laurel, that sure. might be that's, the difference. That's valid. That's valid. That's why this is a seasonal <laughs> podcast now. I decided early. This is in seasons. We're not. I'm not doing this every week. Yeah. Because no. I like it still. I don't want to stop liking it. Um, of course. You know what I'm saying? You get it. I absolutely know what you're saying. Okay. So let's talk about this. We have one segment on the show called Five and Over. And that's where you take a five and under part or an extra gig. 
and you spin it off. Now, most of your stuff is commercials. The spinoff does not have to be the same genre. It does not have to be a commercial. It doesn't even have to be something filmed. It could be a comic book or a novel. What's your, what's, what character is it from what commercial and what's the spinoff about? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, that's a and I know you even you even prepped me for this and I should have uh, I should have I should have had this in the, the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. Uh, what character would I be? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just we'll, we'll do it from the movie uh, and that was I was a wedding guest um, at this you know kind of this this wedding for a couple that uh, you know uh, maybe I didn't I did I didn't even really know them that well mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Gosh, no, this is terrible, Jason. <laughs> this is awful. Well, then take uh, one you don't know anything about, the the half a face lady. I don't know. It could be anything. It could be anything. Anything. And I'm just like what this character is and, and where they are now, where they are today. That's yeah, yeah, well, that, it can be that. They could have a secret life as a spy. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Okay. Okay. Secret life as a spy. You know, there are all yeah. kinds of options. Um, okay. We'll go with the, with the Toyota commercial, the Toyota commercial, actually, because that's – I. Uh, I was going in to buy a car, um, and I walked out of there with uh, the, the Toyota of my dreams, mm-hmm. and I took it on a six-month road trip uh, throughout the United States and down through Central America. I made it all the way to the southern tip of uh, Argentina mm-hmm. uh, and put about 75,000 miles on it in six months mm-hmm. uh, and had the adventure of a lifetime. And I left that Toyota at the tip uh, uh, the southern tip of Argentina and hopped on a boat to South Africa to continue my journeys. Love it. Uh, and that that car and that experience, that the buying of that car was it enabled me to not be a spy. Mm-hmm. I'm not that cool. We're, we're not going to go there. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, to actually just uh, to explore the world around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say that this Toyota was a uh, like van type thing that I could actually break down mm-hmm. uh, in the back and make it a sleeping area so that mm-hmm. I was camping in this in this vehicle. This was the vehicle that was my whole world for six months. Um, and I was able to leave it in Argentina so another person could drive it back up into the United States and have a similar adventure and was able to share that love of, uh, of travel and uh, excitement as I hopped onto that boat to South Africa to see some penguins mm-hmm. uh, and some lions and some monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like we should develop this because you've already got all of, I mean, it's still a Toyota commercial the way you've designed it. So, I mean, you know, it is like an extended product placement. If you hadn't said van, I would have called it eat Prius love and we would have been done, but that's fine. It's, it's okay. We'll come up with some other title. Okay, yeah. Cause I couldn't have lived in a Prius. Right. And like, I mean, even though this is my fantasy, mm-hmm. where I can have as much money as I wanted in my fantasy, it, you know, I, I'd like to be realistic about this six months. And like, if you're doing it like that, you're not staying at the Four Seasons every night. You know, mm-hmm. you're. And if I'm really wanting to get to know my inner self and explore the natural surroundings that our continents uh, can offer, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to like be be doing some in the woods, like real rough and ready uh kind of experiencing so i'm gonna need need that van sorry about the name no that's fine that's fine do you does your character have a name zaria zaria i like this 
And it, I mean, obviously at the end we find out that somebody names a new Toyota the Zaria and it's good. Or is that already the name of a Toyota? Because it sounds like one. I don't think it is, but I think it would work. As it would. Name. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll pitch this one next week. Uh, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. If, if I can be a, associate producer, if that's cool. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Thank you so, so much. You developed now. I tell you on the spot, you developed it more than most other people have so far. So I, I will. I appreciate that. Anytime. <laughs> uh, so this is gonna come out. I should have the date in front of me, like a professional man, but I don't have it in front of me. But I'm pulling it up, and I'm just saying words while we. Okay. So oh well, here we go. This is actually the season finale. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So oh, okay. so this is coming out on May eighth. May 8th, okay. Where can people find you, and do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, you know, I don't have anything I want to promote right now. I'm, I'm doing voiceover stuff, and I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have my own website, which is laurelrankin.com. Um, but I don't have a lot of my newer stuff up there yet, so don't judge me, folks. That's uh, fine. I have expanded my repertoire. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Can, uh, what, uh, what's, is that the best place to find your your different voiceover stuff that you've done yeah okay yeah, it is okay good um well this has been a delight it's always a pleasure talking with you jason well i mean same here obviously you um, gotta do it more often yeah well of course but and especially it has, to be, it has to be a social distancing right at the moment but, yeah uh... <laughs> but maybe when things change uh, i can be a grown-up and hang out with my friends more um oh you know what there's a new question i'm asking people and i keep forgetting to ask people what's your favorite craft service item if you had to pick one favorite craft service item um i am gonna say honestly this is gonna sound really boring but the peanut butter pretzels were my favorite no come on come on those are them. those are delicious that is not that is not a so good you're not a basic <laughs> bee just for picking some pretzels i love those as well that's amazing no that's yeah. good that's, um well thank you again Yes, absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening. There's just one thing we say at the end, which is, I'm sorry I missed your thing. I don't own a TV, so. <laughs> Dumb. It's a very stupid line. You can find The Professional Blur on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find podcasts. And follow Jason on Instagram at Jason Klom and follow his hashtag, The Professional Blur. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah! Yeah.